This is the Pastor Wife Life, a podcast for pastor's wives. Our hope is to bring encouragement and inspiration to your pastor wife life. Life in the ministry is one of the most fulfilling callings there is, but it's also one of the most challenging. We believe that God has uniquely gifted you to fulfill this calling. Our lives will probably not look the same. Our families and churches may be very different, but I think we can all agree that God is good and he is faithful to gently lead us on this journey, providing everything we need to live the pastor wife life. I'm Jackie Garner, host of the Pastor Wife Life podcast, and you're listening to episode number 131, a solo podcast today with just me about praying from the cave. But before we get into the episode, I just want to say thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I know there are a lot of great podcasts out there and that you're choosing to listen to this one. It absolutely means a lot to me. And when I hear from you, whether it's a comment in the Facebook group or an email, it just, it, I don't even know how to describe how it makes you feel because sometimes as you sit behind a podcast mic, especially like today when I'm doing a solo episode, it feels like you're talking to yourself. But I know you guys are out there and I just want you to know that I appreciate you so very much. So thanks for being a podcast listener. And also, I wanted to let you know that as we go into 2023, I have a couple of opportunities for you to be a part of what God is doing at the Pastor Wife Life. The first one, I've said this many, many times. I'd love for you to be a guest on the podcast. I know some of you think, oh, I don't really have anything that I can share. Yes, you do, because we all love hearing the stories from pastor's wives about how you became the pastor's wife, what challenges you faced, and how God has seen you through that. We absolutely love hearing that. So yeah, you do have a story. You do have something that you can share that will encourage and inspire other pastor's wives. So if you're interested in being on the podcast, go to the Go to the link in the show notes. It's thepastorwifelife.com slash guest and find out how you can be on the podcast. Now, the second thing that you can do to be a part of what God is doing at the Pastor Wife Life is writing. I am looking for pastor's wives to write blog articles for the Pastor Wife Life website. So I have all the information. You can find that link in the show notes because, of course, I can't remember it and I didn't write it down before I started. But check out those show notes and find out how you can be a guest blogger on the website. I would love for you to share whatever's on your heart that God would have you share with other pastor's wives. All right, let's get into this episode, Praying from the Cave. So happy new year. It's a brand new year. I'm super excited. I always love the new year. And my plan was to talk about goals and vision and all of the stuff that you normally hear around this time of year. Everybody's talking about it. People are so excited about the new year and the new possibilities that come from a fresh start. I mean, I know I am. But the truth is not everyone is looking forward to 2023. So if you're feeling hopeless, discouraged, exhausted, overwhelmed, stick around because in this episode, we're going to learn from someone who's been there, felt that, and we're going to look at his process for changing his perspective. So whenever I ask people what their favorite book of the Bible is, the book of Psalms comes up all the time. Even people who are not, let's say, committed believers, 
they're going to tell you the Psalms because they've had some exposure to the Psalms and they know the comfort that the Psalms bring. There's, and I know there a lot of them are just thinking of Psalm 23, but it's a favorite of everybody. And I think that part of that reason for believers is that it's pretty much any emotion expressed in a human life can be found in the book of Psalms. And David and the other authors of the Psalms have taught me so much about processing emotions with God. Learning from the Psalms has impacted my prayer life in a huge way. I really think, and I probably talked about this on the podcast before, that 2020 was a year where my prayer changed. And it had to do with the Psalms because that year, before COVID ever hit, God had led me to... Uh, my reading plan for the year was just going to be to read through the Psalms because he knew what was coming up in 2020 and talk about emotions. There was a lot of emotions in 2020, everyone, but it's really impacted my life in a huge way to look at the Psalms and to learn how to pray, to learn how to process emotions with God. It's really given me permission to admit the ugly emotions to lay them out before God rather than just attempting to bury them or, you know, tell myself, oh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't feel that way. You know what? You feel what you feel. It's how you process it that makes a difference, at least for me. So the Psalms have given me like words to express my greatest joy, of course, but it's also given me words to express the deepest despair. That was really dramatic. I don't know why I use that word despair. It's not a word that comes up in my conversation um, ever. But anyway, you know what I mean? Because really, the Psalms does show you how to express your deepest despair along with your greatest joy in every single thing in between. I'd love the Psalms for that reason. So I want to look today at Psalm 142. It is a powerful prayer that demonstrates how we can change our perspective when we're in the worst circumstances. And I am so thankful that David wrote this down and that we still have it thousands of years later. So Psalm 142, for context, David wrote this while he was in a cave hiding from Saul. Saul was determined to kill him. You can read the whole story in 1 Samuel 22 and and the chapters before and after it. But the bottom line is David's hiding in this cave along with his family. And it's not just them because the Bible tells us in 1 Samuel 22 too, it says every man who was desperate in debt or discontented rallied around him, David, and he became their leader. There were 400 there. I like, I can't really comprehend that. So I don't know if they were all living in the cave. I, I don't know. That's a big cave. But anyway, looking to David to be their leader. I mean, all these men and here, he, David's running from his life. He's got a little bit of stress happening. And now there's 400 men looking to him to be their leader. So while David himself was being pursued by a king who was determined to take him out, he's, that's enough right there. Now he's got these 400 men looking to him to be a leader. So that's a lot of responsibility. There's a lot of weight to carry that. Have you ever felt like the enemy was after you and then everything else is also piling on top of you? I mean, as pastor's wife, there is a certain weight of responsibility that we carry. We, maybe that's not the right way to say it, but God has entrusted your church family to you 
um, and your husband, as you shepherd them, there, there's a little bit of, of responsibility there. We don't take that lightly. The Bible reminds us to be very intentional with that and to take it seriously. So that's a lot of weight that we can carry, which could be a whole nother episode right there. But I mean, have you ever felt like the enemy was after you? So maybe that's how you're feeling right now. And as you're looking at 2023, you're like, I do not even want to think about goals, resolutions, any of that stuff. I'm just trying to keep my head above the water. So I don't know how the enemy is attacking you. I'm sure that there is not a king who's coming after you to take your life. I'm just saying probably not the case, but maybe, maybe it's, it's not a physical life or death situation, but maybe it's your health. Maybe it's financial. Maybe there's conflict in the church. Maybe there's conflict in your home. Maybe it's just emotional things that are going on in you, relational things, and it's all taking a toll on you, which leaving you feel, feel, ah, leaving you feeling drained or cornered or fearful like David was in that cave. So let's look at David's response to the situation that he found himself in. And it's interesting that it's, he was in a cave. I mean, a cave is kind of, it's dark. We live about an hour from Mammoth Cave, which is the largest cave system in the world. And if you live within an hour or two of Mammoth Cave, let me just say, I highly recommend it. It is the, it's really cool. Um, and there are really some really big rooms in there. I'm not sure if they're 400 people big, but anyway, it's a pretty amazing place. They have all these different tours that you can take depending on your level of physical ability. Um, so like anything from kids to, uh, they have, um, like if you, I believe they have some wheelchair accessible. Anyway, it's a really cool place. But when you go in there, you're in this cave. It, it doesn't feel quite like the one David was in because these are clean caves. Um, they are, um, there are lights, electric lights. There are a tour guide to help you. There's all the things. So anyway, it's really cool. But a, a cave like David would have been in would have been dark. There would have been unknown corners where who knows what is in them. Because even at Mammoth Cave, there's a couple places where they have cave crickets. And you can see them and you're like, I'm short. But you have to duck down and you can see those jokers right above your head. Mm, don't care for that. So... David was dealing with who knows what in these caves. Um, they didn't have all the luxuries that Mammoth Cave has. It's scary. You're fighting for, or not fighting for your life, but you're fearing for your life. All of these things going on, it's just really hard to imagine. So this is a situation David finds himself in. And here's what he says. I cry aloud to the Lord. I plead aloud to the Lord for mercy. I pour out my complaint before him. I reveal my trouble to him. So David is holding nothing back as he approaches God. Now you and I both know, and David also knows that God already knows the situation he's in. But David is boldly speaking these things out loud, like using his voice to speak to the Lord. And there's something about that. Now, I don't recommend you being in like in a public place and just start doing this. Like that would be probably a little odd. I don't know where David went. He was in a cave with all these people. So they may have heard him and watched all this happening. But anyway, 
I know for me that when I'm in my car by myself or when I'm, I'm home by myself right now, whatever, if I want, I, I love to pray out loud. I don't know. It's just different. But you know, I'm sure God has a reason for giving us the examples of people praying out loud, even when they're by themselves. So anyway, David cries out to the Lord. He's like shouting, pleading, pouring out his complaint, telling him everything, holding absolutely nothing back. And I know that this isn't the only place that confirms that pouring out everything is that's really important to get it all out there. So David there's a little sentence in there. David's recognizing God's position in this because it says that he knows that God knows the situation, that he knows that God sees and understands exactly where David is in the situation that's happening around him. And David also knows where the blame lies with the enemy. It says that he know, that the enemy has laid a trap for him. In this case, it was a physical enemy. In our case, it could be something completely, it's not most likely an actual person, although it could be. So the enemy does all of this to me today. Like he lays a trap just waiting for me to fall into it. Maybe it's like as a pastor's wife, maybe the trap comes in the form of conflict in the church with a person on your ministry team or a, a just a, somebody in the congregation. A misunderstanding can just become a whole thing. Sometimes it's, 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 um, it could be anything. I did not finish the sentence that I wrote. So there's so many things as a pastor's wife. What is the enemy coming after you? It might be insecurity. It might be a fear of people, like a fear of man kind of thing where, uh, where maybe we're people pleasers or just there's so many different ways the enemy lies, lays a trap for you because he knows the things that push your buttons. He knows your weaknesses and he will use them to his advantage and he'll lay that trap. So David recognizes that God sees and God understands and he recognizes that it is the enemy who has laid a trap for him. I love that because he doesn't he doesn't blame God. He blames the enemy. He knows it. So then David begins to express his feelings in Psalm 142.4. This is what he says. And see if you've ever said this yourself. No one stands up for me. There's no refuge for me. No one cares about me. I think this was probably the beginning of that, that little elementary school thing. Nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. I guess I'll go eat worms or dirt. I don't really remember it now. That was a long time ago. But it kind of reminds me of that. But David is expressing his feelings. Now, standing outside David's cave, it's really easy for me to say to him, look, no one, no one cares about you. There's no refuge for you. No one's standing up for you. How about these 400 men who are looking to you as their leader? They believe in you. How about the fact that you were anointed as the future king? Hey, how about that time that God empowered you to defeat Goliath and everyone was celebrating you? What about all those troops that you had command over? What do you mean nobody cares about me? But how many times have I been in the cave and I've lost sight of all that God had done in, in me and for me? Way too many times. My feelings become a trap for me. It's my feelings so many times that hold me captive. Like discouragement will blind me to the truth, just like it did David. Anger will keep me focused in the wrong perspective unforgiveness will tie me to the past and the hurt it it compounds daily 
unchecked, all of these feelings, like they'll grow into a belief system that impairs my ability to see the truth. And we have to do what David did. I have to do. I shouldn't say this for you. Let me just speak to myself. We, I have to make the choice that David did to cry out to God. And there's a point in this Psalm where it begins, he begins to shift his perspective and he starts by declaring who God is. I cry to you, Lord. I say, you are my shelter. Remember, he just said he had no refuge, but now he's saying, you are my shelter, my portion in the land of the living. He looks to God to meet his emotional needs, not people. And that right there is like a series of podcasts for pastor's wives right there. We cannot look to people for our emotional needs because the enemy will lay a trap so fast you will not know what hit you. We have to look to God to meet our emotional needs. That's what he's for. And then there's another thing David does here. He had, he admits his weaknesses. He says, I am weak. The enemy is too strong for me in verse six. That's what he says. He doesn't let pride stand in his way. He doesn't say, well, I should be this. He just straight out says, I am weak. The enemy is too strong for me. And then he asks God three things. He says, listen to me, rescue me, free me. And now you see the shift, the change in David's perspective. Because right after that, he, he, he shifts the focus to a bigger purpose, to bring glory to God. Because he says all that, and then he says, so that... I can praise your name. He wants to bring glory to God because that's ultimately the purpose of everything we do, to bring glory to God. He's also shifting his perspective to see that the season of cave dwelling will end and it will serve to reveal who God is to other people. Because as we go through these cave seasons, and we will, if you haven't yet, you will. But all of that can serve to help us know God in a deeper way, and it will give us something that we can pour into other people that will reveal to them who God is. Because when people see you come through a situation and you praise his name, that gets people's attention. And what a great testimony. That's what testimonies are. You don't hear testimonies from people who went through a terrible situation and it just got worse and then they died. Like, that's the end of it. You hear these testimonies from people who go through a situation. Maybe it wasn't easy and maybe there was a roller coaster ride attached to it. But in the end, that what they're sharing is telling people something great about God, and it reveals who God is to other people. So your cave season can lead to an extraordinary impact on people's life. So in my prayer journal, I have five different sections. I may have also talked about this before. It is really hard for me to remember the things that I talk about. But I have five areas. I'll uh, just real quick. I start with thank you, God. No, I do not start with that. Just kidding. I start with you are, and it usually comes out of my Bible reading. Or something that recently happened. So um, I might say if I read this psalm. I might say um, you are the one who frees me from the trap. You are my refuge and you are my strength. Something like that. So I will usually I will choose three things that I know to be true about God. And write those in my prayer journal. And then I need to do a podcast episode on this if I haven't done one already. Okay the next one is thank you. It's just three things that I'm thankful for. And 
you know, some days I, it's just silly, silly things because I've said all the big things, my family, my church, whatever. And you just, I, I'm just pulling in because I want to, I want to cultivate gratitude in the everyday ordinary things. So anyway, there's that. So thank you. Or you are. Thank you. Search me. That's based on Psalm 139, where I will ask God to reveal if I can't think of anything specific or nothing came right out of my reading. I will just quote that whole scripture. I'll write that whole scripture out, pray that whole scripture. But maybe it was, um, maybe it was like this Psalm and I might say, okay, God, where am I not seeing the truth? Where have I let the enemy trap me? Something like that and pray. And then I pray what I'm believing for, what I need God to do, prayer requests. I lift those up. But the last thing I do is process. There's a whole section called processing in my prayer journal. And so it looks a lot like David's prayer in Psalm 142. So I will lay out the situation, whatever it is, I will express all the feelings when I'm being honest. I will express all the feelings. I will state the facts because for me, uh, this is just, I'm not, this is not like a set in stone definition, I'm sure. But for me, the facts are what looks to be true. Like, and it may, like what is happening. Um, like David said he had, uh, that people were, in other Psalms, David talks about people are after him. People have betrayed him. Yeah, those are the facts. But the truth is that God has called you to this. God has done other things for you. Okay. That, I, I should have thought that out better because I don't have that in my notes, but I state all the facts. So facts to me are not the same as truth. Truth is truth, but facts are maybe like, maybe I am sick. That is a fact. I am sick, but the truth is that God is a healer and I can walk in that even though the fact is I'm sick. The truth is God's a healer and he's doing something in me. If that makes sense. I don't know if it does. So if I'm being honest, I don't always make it to the truth part like David does or the declaration of who God is part because sometimes I just don't immediately see the eternal purpose in whatever's going on in my situation. I'm tired. I'm overwhelmed. I'm aggravated. I'm frustrated. Um, whatever the feeling is. But I can tell you that God is always faithful to reveal himself to me and to guide me to the truth and the purpose, no matter how long it takes. He's so patient with me. So sweet pastor's wife, if you are in the cave too, I just want to pray for you today. And I want you to know that you are not alone, that God is your refuge and there is a way of escape from whatever trap the enemy has laid out for you. So Heavenly Father, I just come to you on behalf of my sisters. God, I thank you for the woman who's out there and can totally relate to the cave season. God, I just lift her up. God, you know the situation. You see it, you hear it, you understand it, and you know every feeling. God, I pray that she would be bold enough to lay out those feelings before you. I pray that she would admit every emotion that's happening, ugly, the good, the bad, and the ugly, God. I pray that she would lay it all out, lay out the facts, God, so that you can filter everything out and nothing will be left but the truth of who you are. 
God, I pray for the woman who's discouraged or the woman who's defeated or the woman who's just completely overwhelmed, tired, and ready to quit. God, I pray that while she is in this cave season, God, that her eyes are open to who you are, that you're, that her eyes are open to the truth and the reminder that you are a refuge, that you are a strength, that you are a very present help when troubled. God, I pray that she would have the courage to lay it all out, to express all the emotions, to receive the truth that you have for her. And I thank you for the strength to continue to the next step and then the next one and the next one and the next one. And God, I pray for these sweet pastor's wives who might be in a cave season. God, I pray that you would, you would, you would just move in their hearts today, that you would move in these situations today. And I pray that they would come out of this situation knowing you in a greater way and able to share the goodness of you, the faithfulness of you, the power of you to other people. God, I thank you that no cave season is wasted, but God, it serves its purpose for eternity and for right now. God, I thank you that you've promised an abundant life, that Jesus came to give us an abundant life. And I pray that our eyes will be lifted above our circumstances to the one who has every answer to every need that we have. And God, I just thank you for that in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, that's it for today's episode. And I'd love for you to share about how God has met you in the cave. You can leave a comment on the post, like in the, on the web, which you can find the show notes for this at thepastorwifelife.com slash 131 as in episode 131. Or you can email me at hello at thepastorwifelife.com or you can leave a comment on the post in the Facebook group. Now, if you're not a member of the Facebook group, please, please, please come join us. You can search Facebook for the Pastor Wife Life Podcast Community very long name. You can look in the show notes just to grab a quick link, but I'd love for you to come over there and join us. It's such a great place to um, get some encouragement and just to make some connections with other pastor's wives. It's so good. I'd love for you to be there with us. So I look forward to spending the rest of 2023 with you. Look forward to being with you next time right here on The Pastor Wife Life.